We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report. Rotoviz Radio News Show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week. I'm Blair Andrews. My co-host, as always, is Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it going? Man, it's hard to believe week 14's here and it's gone. Uh, had a had a pretty rough week. A, a bunch of teams of mine that were pretty okay didn't secure the buy just by virtue of uh, you know a handful of lackluster performances are now in danger of being bounced. Um, you know. Had they made it through, I would have said that I'm pretty, pretty looking pretty live at, at you know making a lot of cash this year. But um, uh, not sadly, not to be the case. What about yourself? Yeah, unfortunately, this is the week. I think a lot of a lot of dreams will die finally. But um, yeah, doing all right. And our Sean and my main event, we're we're probably you know going to put up a pretty big score, sitting on about 160, waiting for. See what Diggs does. So, uh, should be a good start to the FFPC main event championship, I hope. And, um, the rest of my teams are all terrible. So that's the only one I'm even paying attention to. Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm having a pretty solid basketball year though. And, uh, so not to jinx myself, but we can check in at the end of the season and see how I did. For sure. Uh, let's start off with the first news item. Mike Kosicki caught five of six targets for 65 yards and two touchdowns in the Dolphins' Week 14 loss to the Chiefs. Kosicki operated as Miami's main pass-catching threat until leaving the game in the fourth quarter. So assuming he's healthy for the rest of the season, where do you think he ranks um, for the final two weeks of the fantasy season? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm actually <laughs> pulling up uh, the Rotoviz uh, and the schedule tool. He did seem like he was the main vein of the offense. Um, Devonte Parker left this week, uh, and you know we, we've dogged on on Parker enough across across the show. But um, yeah, good luck to anyone next year uh, picking Parker early because he's going to break out with two or what have you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> 
Um, so, but back to Giseki here. Looking through it, the road of his strength of schedule has um, Miami with one of the softer uh, schedules for the next two weeks. Um, let me just move this down into this range here. Moving around the sliders, playing around the cool tool here, and it gets uh, Miami actually has a slightly um, when you just when you just filter out for just weeks fifteen and sixteen. I.e. next week and the week after, Miami mm-hmm. has a pretty bad rest of the season schedule here for the tight end. You know, I mean, however, and 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 that to be said, uh, Tua threw the ball forty-eight times, and um, Kiseki only saw six targets. So I'm not that optimistic that I'm going to call him like T one or low end T one. This is going to be a highly volatile like T two, right? Like touchdown dependent or what have you. Because um, two absolutely, you know, no-name guys uh, stepped up here. One of them was Mac Hollins, who had nine targets, caught five and then 66 yards. The other one, not a no-name guy, a known quantity around these parts. We have, uh, we've doubted him. Lynn Bowden Jr., baby, nine targets, seven receptions, and 82 yards. I think that that's who should probably emerge down the stretch. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm all... All on board the Lynn Bowden hype train already. He is someone I own on a ton of best ball uh, leagues where, you know, you <laughs> haven't been able to drop him, you know, 12 weeks ago or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting looking at this tight end schedule. They get Buffalo in week 17, which is a pretty good matchup. And unfortunately, that doesn't help help Gesicki for the fantasy playoffs. But, I mean, um, yeah, the matchup's coming up. You know, we just saw what New England did to, um, why am I blanking? Herbert. Um, so, you know, having Tua go in there, I'm, I don't think there's really anything to the rookie quarterback against Belichick narrative, but who knows? I don't think there's anything about, about that. I, I think it's Anthony Lynn, the Anthony Lynn narrative. And <laughs> this guy, this, I mean, he's terrible, dude. Did you see what they did today? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they just pulled out that win, right? Yeah, but they also had a penalty at the end of the first half, which and they were in like field goal range, and mm-hmm. so sorry, they had fourth and one on on the Atlanta's on Atlanta's eight, and there was an illegal shift penalty, and then there was a runoff, and that was it. No points were scored. Yeah, I it, the the Chargers are just completely out to sea, and that's not to <laughs> say, and and uh, and I don't think Miami is out to sea. They're well in the thick of things for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, they're eight and five here. They're actually in contention to win the NFC, the AFC East, uh, which is yeah. kind of nuts, right? Yeah. Um, so going to be exciting to see what happens. And I think they're going to come out guns a blazing. I don't know about Gisecki being a rest of season. Yeah, if, if I wanted to hedge, I'll say he's going to be a low-end D1. That's, that's not independent, which is not exciting, but I am excited for Lynn Bowden, especially if Parker has to miss some time. For sure, yeah. I mean, if you look at the strength of schedule, it actually looks like it's slightly worse even for um, wide receivers than for tight ends. Miami schedule. So there's a little concern there maybe for Bowden, and maybe Gasicki can take advantage of that. In a way, but on the other hand, it's a pretty favorable schedule for running backs, which is um, the position that 
the Raiders actually drafted about into play. So maybe if we, if uh, Miami decides to use him a little bit more as like a pass catching extension of the, of the running game with Gaskin, if he still has to miss time, uh, then, uh, then that could be pretty interesting. But yes, I'm definitely bullish on Gaskin or not. I'm sorry. I'm bullish on Bowden. Can't keep all these Miami guys straight. Well, Bowden did have a carry today and yeah. he had a pass attempt. There you go. Do it all. Jonathan Taylor rushed 20 times for 150 yards and two touchdowns in the Colts' Week 14 win over the Raiders. Taylor has put together two strong outings and appears to have finally emerged as the RB1 for the Colts. Do you think Hines or Wilkins poses any threat to Taylor's workload for the rest of the season here? Uh, I think probably not. You know, Hines was... He was in this game a lot, and he even got some goal line carries. He... It wasn't like... They were using Taylor and not using Hines. In fact, on one of Taylor's touchdowns, I believe Hines got a direct snap and handed it off to Taylor, which, you know, obviously is not the best if you are counting on some points from Hines. But, um, yeah, they showed today that these two backs can definitely operate uh, in the same offense. And, you know, we saw this with uh, the team Rivers came from, uh, last year with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler both having pretty big roles on the Chargers. Um, you know, this offense is a little different and obviously they're not going to put up 44 points every week, but, but I think this is encouraging that you can, you see these kind of games where both Taylor and Hines can have a role. And I mean, it would have been nice to get a little more scoring from Hines. Uh, but, but yeah, I was encouraged by this. And I mean, Wilkins isn't a thing anymore, right? No. <laughs> that's uh <laughs> that's over. I mean Hines still did pretty well, right? Like he had a hand like he still had like uh let's see here, seven carries, fifty eight yards. I mean he's ripping off eight point three yards per carry. Still had four targets and caught all four. No, this is guy is flexible, especially in the PPR. Um I do think that you still want the piece of Hines. I think Wilkins or, you know, whatever his name is, I don't even care anymore, is is <laughs> is, is completely dusted. Um, and this is helpful just to, just to keep in mind. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor here, um, and as we head into our game, um, I was going to ask, where are you going to be drafting him next season? Um, not at all. Uh, Taylor? <laughs> at all? No, I mean, Taylor, let's see. He'll probably end up being, uh, he could sneak into the late first, right? Yeah, I had him pegged as a first, second turn pick. Yeah, so he's someone who I'm much more likely just to take another position at that point, I think. But definitely if uh I don't think he's a bad pick at the end of the first, in the late first. You know, he's sort of he's the he's the kind of guy that we look at his workload and say uh, this looks kind of fragile, you know, with Hines back here. Um, uh, see? It's like it's like you're getting uh, like a good version of David Montgomery when Tariq Cohen was healthy. And obviously, if, if you're Jonathan Taylor, that can look really good. But we've also seen Taylor have some really 
pretty poor games this season. So it's not like um, we should expect 150 yards and two touchdowns every week, you know? Yeah, but we've also seen Taylor have like a handful of carry and, uh, you know, targets and he's been good at converting those. I do think that like calling him a good David Montgomery does him a bit of an injustice. This isn't Joe Mason we're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Like the poor man's David Montgomery. Um, yeah. Uh, bad David Montgomery. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Taylor is going to be worth it at the end of the first and early second. If you're playing a lot of basketball, I do think you want to get him in your lineups. Um, I don't think they're good. I think if anything else, next year is going to be a one-two punch, uh, JT and, and Hines. And I think Hines is going to go fairly early as well. Like I could see him settling in this eight, nine range. Yeah. Right. And so, so and, yeah, you're saying, yeah, that. some, no, my question is if you're at the end of the first and you're looking at Taylor or someone like, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, you know, are you still going Taylor there? But that's kind of why you just want to split your exposure there, right? Mm-hmm. Take them, like it depends on how much or how many basketballs you do. I'm just thinking about this from a basketball standpoint, right? Yeah. What if you're only doing one? You do like a, a $2,000 buy-in basketball league. Wow. I guess I really <laughs> must have had the money. Um, I'm probably going to take Kelsey. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying. It's good to have exposure to these guys. And he's not, I don't think he would be uh, a bad pick at the end of the first. I just think there are a lot of, there are likely to be picks there that will be better. But I mean, on the other hand, you know, I was also, you know, there were some teams where I was taking like Miles Sanders at the end of the first and not feeling too bad about that. At least, uh, until last week. Yeah, and that's uh, right. And that's, and that's sort of where it gets interesting. It, it does depend on the opportunity cost. I mean, I'm just assuming that we're going to see a, a similar RB heavy start to the first three rounds just with different names, right? Right, right. And then it just sort of depends on who you want there. Um, right, and so, but like in the event that it's more wide receiver heavy than we think, then 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 it becomes a real question of who you want. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, before we get into our game, let's take a moment for a word from our sponsors. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. 
Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. And today we're going to be playing Rookie Breakout or Fake Out. So first item up, Brandon Ayuk caught 10 of 16 targets for 166 yards in the 49ers Week 14 loss to Washington. Is he a breakout? Yeah, baby. And uh, I guess we should probably expand this to second-year breakouts as well, right? Like, why not? I think Ayuk's done enough to be someone I overdraft next year, <laughs> chasing the second <laughs> year of follow-on production, right? Even with the threat of Kittle coming back, I think, and even Debo having an extra year to get healthy. Man, I think I think Shanahan like might be looking for one more missing piece to this like aerial offense. But I think they're going to be going in for it. You know what I mean? Like this is a really good looking team. Like, and it's a really yeah. like this is a really good looking wide receiver core. Yeah, it's so hard to tell because it's like this whole team with all their weapons has never been healthy all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Even today, um, I think Debo got injured on the the first play of the game or something like that. He got a catch or uh, a carry for nine yards and and then went out of the game. So. Yeah, it's definitely nice to see Ayuk getting these targets and really producing with them. Uh, are you at all worried that with like a healthy Kittle, healthy Samuel, his workload won't quite be there? No, it's still going to be there. He was still doing this even with both of them healthy. You know, like it's just it really he plays a different role on this entire offense. He's more of a deep mm-hmm. mid route guy. So this is going to be really fun to track. DeAndre Swift rushed seven times for 24 yards and one touchdown, and he caught four or five targets for 26 yards in the Lions' Week 14 loss to the Packers. Yes, DeAndre Swift is definitely a breakout. Um, I mean, this game wasn't even necessarily that good with only only 24 rushing yards, but um, I think uh, he did enough earlier in the year to really cement his role. I don't know if he'll technically get to whatever point totally needed because he's missed some games, but he's another person that um, 
I think where he'll end up going next year is going to be in a range where I'm looking to take wide receivers, but he's someone who I would, I would definitely look at as being a good, a good pick. Like he's someone who might fall in the running back dead zone and I might want to draft him anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, he's definitely the, one of the guys who's kind of an exception to the rule, right? Like he just gets so many targets and today was a really bad day for him. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you heard about the concussion that he suffered and the symptoms and everything. Like Adrian Peterson was saying he's just not the same. Like, he, again, huh. that's ridiculous. Like, that's sad and scary at the same time. Cause he does, apparently he does stuff in practice that makes everyone turn their heads and he just hasn't been looking like that, like that ever since suffering that concussion. The mm-hmm. really, really sad stuff. So, you know, we hope, we hope Swift gets better and gets healthy. He's uh, legitimately a freak. Uh, I mean, he's really like, ridiculously good. Um, a lot of those targets, at least three of them, I think, came in the final, like, after the game was about a lot of hand. But this is a really, ugh, stat line, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the touchdown is a lot of deodorant. But you know what isn't yeah. deodorant? The fact that he caught four of his five targets. And, you know, like, that's huge for PPR. And he ended, like, the game with 15 points. I mean, like, yeah. that's pretty, pretty good high floor stuff. That's solid, yeah. Jalen Rager caught two of four targets for 46 yards in the Eagles week 14 win over the Saints, adding a 19 yard rush. Uh, fake out. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just sucks. And I really, I really am a fan of Rager, right? Um, I really was hoping to throw more his way. Um, I actually had, uh, Jalen Rager over two and a half receptions and, <laughs> uh, you know, he got two. So sucks to suck sometimes, I guess. It's cool that they are using him in both facets of the game as we knew he would. He he is genuinely the best like receiver in this team. You see mm-hmm. people tweeting or like posting about whatever that guy's name is. Fulgum, Fulgum, uh, yeah. Travis Fulgum, more like it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So I mean, you know, the reason Fulgum is pretty much sidelined is because he's not very good, right? Like whether whether or not he's better than Ertz and Jeffrey, that who cares. It should be a very good show. I think I think he's just not going to get there this year. A lot of injuries, quarterback change, and then just not a not a great offense, right? Right, right. So is this a situation that you'd be looking to um, to take advantage of next year if you can get him at at some sort of discount? I mean, what's a discount though you, here for him? Yeah, that's a good question. Like if he's going in if he's going after like the eighth round. I don't Ooh. know, I'm just I'm just picking a number. No, that actually is right. It feels fairly valued, right? Yeah. Um or at so, least... I mean, if he's going in like the double digit rounds, then I think he makes a ton of sense to, to sure. keep adding to your teams. For um, sure. Where does he become too expensive, I guess, is the question. Because nice you would run. you would expect you would expect just some you know this offense is going to regress because that always happens pretty much. So I mean <laughs> they're not going to be as bad next year as they were this year. One would hope. Um, they're yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean you know they win this game with with Hurts, so maybe he uh, he stays in as quarterback for a little while, but. Um, you would think that they would have to start looking Rager's way more often. And uh, I would expect them to do that going forward, certainly. 
in year two. So, so yeah, I think he would be a pretty good value still at the right price, but I'm just not sure exactly where that is. Yeah, that's the thing. I think in the eighth round, it's about where he should go and where I think he will go. But that's a little bit too rich for our blood, right? Like for me, I would I'd smash in the in the yeah. in the early double digit rounds. The second he starts getting into the eighth, ninth, that's where you start to get get a little bit nervous. Um, because we've heard the song and dance about the Eagles' offense regressing for the last <laughs> two years now, and somehow they always get worse. <laughs> It's hard to imagine them getting worse next year, but who knows? And, and yet, and yet, they will. Um, they, I mean, they've managed to do it last two years, man. Uh, I mean, there, there's hope here yet, right? And it's it's difficult to figure this one out. And I do think that there's enough Rager um, enthusiasm out there that like his uh, ADP will be higher than our next, the next analyst, who is Henry Ruggs, who got three of three targets for 18 yards in the Raiders as a week 14 loss to the Colts. Oh man, I would love to say, I mean, obviously it's, it's looking like a fake out. Uh, well, no question about that. I think the question for me is whether what this means for Ruggs for his career long term that he has had this dud of a rookie season. Um, I don't. The Raiders don't even seem interested in throwing him the ball when they could, when they could give it to Nelson Aguilar and and uh, man, who was the guy who had, who threw a pass to Aguilar today? I can't even remember all their names. Jay Jones. There you go. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. It looks bad. I mean, it, I think it was good. You saw today he was getting targeted on like some underneath routes, like some slants and. Stuff so it's not like they're just saying okay go run really fast and we'll throw it really far which you definitely want some of that but you don't want that to be the only part of of your game if you're hoping for a a rookie breakout so I mean I think if you if you want to take one good thing away from this game he caught all of his targets and they weren't all just nine routes so there's that but it's it's not looking good when when you draft a player in the first round and don't even want to throw him the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an improvement, um, but, <laughs> but, but but let's see. He missed a lot of time with an injury, so... Okay, I missed that. Uh, well, earlier this year, right? So, oh, right, right, right. So let's see how this is going to work. I mean, today they did; they were fine. It's just it was so weird watching Aguilar be like the main vein of this passing offense. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I was thinking about this as I'm watching the game, like, is Henry Ruggs just going to become Nelson Aguilar? And I mean, the one thing that's been good about his rookie season is that even though he hasn't been getting the targets, he has been putting up some big yardage on the few targets he's seeing. Like he's been able to catch some long passes and score. Uh, has he scored even two touchdowns? Or does he just have the one? I think he has. I don't, even. I don't know. All right. We'll if look only this we could live. If only we could look this up. If only we were prepared. He has two. He caught one against the Jets. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's getting some touchdowns. I mean, he's had three games over fifty yards. He had that one back in Week Five against Kansas City for one hundred eighteen. So it's not like he's getting targets and not doing much with him, right? It's not a Corey Davis situation. 
Yeah. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe he just needs his AJ Brown. There you go. Well, and to be fair, that's a really high standard to set. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, AJ sure. Browns just aren't made in a lab. Yeah. They don't. They, they don't just that's come true. off. Uh, they don't just come off an assembly line. They don't. But the next player we want to talk about is pretty close. Justin Jefferson caught four of eight targets for thirty-nine yards in Minnesota's Week 14 loss to Tampa Bay. Ah oh, man, breakout! Come on. <laughs> I just <laughs> you, he only had thirty-nine yards though. I know. I'm just. I'm just gonna. I don't know, man. Like I've I've seen enough. I've seen enough on Twitter about like Justin Jefferson and people talking about it to where it's just like, just shut up, take the L, shut up. You know, like you missed. Like it's okay, it happens, yeah. man. It happens, and and you know what? It's totally fine. It, it, it mistakes are made. Frankly, the Eagles make mistakes at like selecting wide receivers. You know, okay. <laughs> um. It does get me excited for Jefferson next year. Uh, mm-hmm. His emergence is a big reason as to why I'm just going to be crushing these season-long Adam Thielen props. Absolutely, the under on 89. Unders, right? Yeah, uh, under on 89 and a half receptions, um, and under on 1150 receiving yards. And I'm just trying to see exactly how much Adam Thielen might need to get there in these last three games. But it looks like um, it's going to be quite a few. Um, he's, I, I don't know if he's, you know, and then, of course, Adam Thielen could go absolutely ham and completely, you know, embarrass me here. But he's mm-hmm. got a long way to go to hit that 89 and a half uh, receiving, I mean, receptions, uh, receptions mark. Um, that said, you know, where are you drafting Jefferson next year? And, um how excited are you for Jamar Chase? Oh, well, I'm very excited for Jamar Chase, although it's hard to imagine, even though he was better than Jefferson at LSU, it's hard to imagine him being better than Jefferson has been as a rookie. Um, so, you know, as excited as I am, I'm like, uh, I still want to be, I still want to be aware that like what Jefferson's doing is, is an outlier. Um, it is. So it's not like I can say, well, Chase was better when they played together. Jefferson's awesome, so therefore Chase is going to be even more awesome. And he he could be. But he could be, man. That's tough. That's I, tough. I, I I really yeah for like our listeners who aren't like totally into college football, Jamar Chase was Justin Jefferson's um, teammate, and my God. Um, I mean, my personal conspiracy theory is the only reason that Joe Barrow really put up the kind of offensive numbers that he did was because of how good Jamar Chase was on that offense. Yeah, yeah. So he had, like, Jefferson had an awesome season that year, uh, like 1,500 receiving yards or something, and over 10 touchdowns. I can't even remember. But Chase had, like, 1,820 touchdowns. A true freshman, crazy. too, right? He was a sophomore last year. Oh my god! True sophomore, yeah. And then, yeah, and then he did the right thing and sat out this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's tough. Obviously, you're excited for Chase, but it would be crazy to expect him to do to outplay Jefferson what Jefferson's done, or even really to match it. Um, yeah. And then, in terms of where I'm taking Jefferson next year, 
That's tough. Uh, I would be happy taking him in like the fourth round, but I don't know if he would even fall that far. He shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, right. He should. I mean, yeah, like I had his fair value bag do that like that three, four turn, right? So the fourth round is completely fine. I'm I think just there's gonna... a decent chance we see. You remember um, going into Godwin's third year, he was often getting picked mm. at like the end of the second at the two, three turn. That was fair and value. I think that's him. probably where we see Jefferson settle in. Yep. Yeah, I think so. That's probably where, where he should be. Uh, yeah. Where do you have him in dynasty though? That was an interesting question. I know Sean just published this article saying that Jefferson should be the number five overall pick in dynasty last week. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned I had him at as my wide receiver three in dynasty, which at the time was probably premature, but now I'm a little bit low on him. It seems like compared to the market. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was, I was off by saying, Oh, this is a little bit too of a hot take. Nah, man. I think, I think you really, Really want to be on, on, on these guys. I mean, Sean's right, right? Like after you take, um, AJ Brown or DK Metcalf one or two, one or two, uh, you really want to be getting, um, one of these guys, right? And I, I, I mm. can't see. He's got Jefferson earlier than AJ Brown, which I don't agree with. Yeah. He's got DK Metcalf as his wide receiver one. He's got Dalvin Cook up there, which I agree with. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's got Metcalf, Tyreek, and then Jefferson. Uh, man, this is just pure Sean because like he just has it right. Look, <laughs> look at where he's ranked. T. Higgins, holy cow! He's got he's got yeah, Higgins yeah. ranked really high. I know. I traded Higgins to him for DJ Moore in a in a package, and at the time it was like we were both. I think we were both thinking DJ Moore was a little better than Higgins. Um. Like that was the valuation that we kind of agreed on going into the trade. Although maybe he was kind of slow playing Higgins a little bit. To nah, this is me. a little bit too early on Higgins. Come on. Yeah, Come probably. On. <laughs> it's just a little premature. Higgins is really good though, I mean, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, Higgins is really good. And I mean, he's still producing with, with like total nobodies at quarterback. So although today he didn't do much, did he? No, because it was the AJ Green show. So, I mean, if you're losing after AJ Green, I mean, come on. How good can you be? <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I, mean, right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do think, I do think you're kind of correct on where you had Jefferson a couple of weeks back as far as like where you'd have him. I mean, if you, if you want to tier this realistically, I think DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, and Terry McLaurin, that's your tier. That's who I'm just going by Sean's rankings here. And that makes for a pretty sensible tier one. Wow, McLaurin up there. Yeah, I remember he was in that. Oh, he also article. had Adams. Also, I'm sorry. He had Adams, and he had Michael Thomas up there too. I think. No, uh, Thomas he's dropped a little bit, but like, um, hmm. Devonte Adams is the one guy who you're always gonna overdraft in startups relative to his actual valuation. Try selling, try selling Adams for anywhere close to this value, and you're never gonna get it. Yeah, yeah, he's someone whose whose actual production is always more valuable. always undervalued based yeah. on what you can what you can get in yeah. the trade for him. Yeah, and I know this is the sidebar has gone on long enough, but Devonte <laughs> Adams, Devonte Adams is someone who I have tried trading as part of a package deal for you know young quarterbacks and super flex, and I'm always told no. 
And then a couple right. of years ago, I was I tried to package up Adams and Thielen for Odell Beckham and was told no. And so it's just a matter of like, well, why am I bought? Like, you know, and, and back to Rain and I thought about that one. Sorry? You can luck down on that one. Right. And, but like, it's, but it's <laughs> always like, it's never like, 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 uh, back Rain and I've had this conversation. He's like, why are you trying to sell Adams? And I'm like, it's almost like a Rorschach test because no one's ever going to accept it. Yeah. Like, like, uh, mm-hmm. like you're always sending out these like, um, uh, you know, like, uh, in the off season, I was trying to package up Aaron Jones and Chris Godwin for, um, Kyler, and then people said no. Then I tried packaging up Adams and Aaron Jones for uh, Kyler, and people were like, no. And it's like, all right, why don't you go ahead and keep rolling out your your crappy whatever, um, whoever you have under like you know on on uh, as a running back one, and go ahead and play Cole Beasley as your wide receiver one again. Like just just gonna go well for you, and like these people just never make the playoffs, and they always are asking why am I not doing it right. That's their problem, not ours, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, Je- Justin Jefferson deserves to be this high. He deserves to go early and redraft as well. And, um, I'm very excited for him next season. All right. Let's move on to regular news item number three. Mitchell Trubisky completed 24 of 33 passes for 267 yards and three touchdowns in the Bears week 14 win over the Texans. Um, given the talent that Trubisky is surrounded by, do you think he is going to be able to put up QB one performances the rest of the season? Uh, going to go back to this, uh, pull up the road of his rental schedule streaming app. It hasn't steered us wrong yet. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I've just been using, uh, this rental schedule streaming app for my DFS plays and it's been pretty good. Um, I didn't have the spine to click on David Montgomery today. <laughs> and he went ham. So, uh, that's on me. Um, let's take a look here. Next two weeks are going to be interesting for our, for Mr. Trubisky because he gets Minnesota, then Jacksonville. So I'm going to say, yeah, I do think he's going to be a, 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 a QB1 for the rest of the season. He's certainly more talented than Nick Foles. Uh, he was able to hit, you know, what's his name, Allen Robinson for quite a few big games, uh, gains today. And last but not least, um, my own personal favorite here. Where to go? Chicago. Yeah, they put up 36 points. Montgomery went off. Robinson went off. And then Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney are putting up numbers. What are your thoughts on both of those guys from a dynasty perspective? I'm pretty bullish on Komet. Um, have been all season kind of just waiting for him to, to really come on. Although I didn't even necessarily expect it to be this year. Um, Mooney is interesting. He's someone who is kind of, kind of a sleeper that we've had our, had our, we've kind of been covering him for a long time. Um, through the, you know, some of the Debbie stuff and, um, you know, a small school guy who looked like he might have a chance to, to do something in the NFL. So it's nice to see him actually, actually producing. Um, yeah, it's so hard to say with these guys. Like I think what, what we've seen from them where they'll have a big game and then kind of disappear. I think that's going to be the norm. Uh, I mean, especially over the next few weeks. You know, one thing that's interesting. <clears throat> The Bears play Minnesota next week, and what looked like a pretty 
weak Vikings defense for a lot of the beginning of the season, particularly for wide receivers. I mean, by now, by week 14, it's actually looking like a uh, kind of a tough matchup for quarterbacks. So, yeah, I mean, these things change quickly. So I don't know that I would necessarily expect a huge outing from Trubisky and the Bears offense again. Uh, you know, outside of Allen Robinson, I think it's pretty hard to trust a lot of these guys. So that's that's kind of how I'm approaching this whole offense. Although I do like Montgomery, which is weird to say. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's tough, right? But it's going to be an interesting time, I think, for the Bears and the Bears faithful, at least uh, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, here's a, n- another guy left for dead, um, and you mentioned him at the top of the show, was Miles Sanders, who rushed 14 times for 115 yards and two touchdowns in the Eagles' Week 14 win over the Saints, and he also had four receptions for 21 additional yards. You know, it looks like the switch over to Hurts, like, it really did the, the trick here for the Eagles. Um, you know, what is your outlook for Sanders and the rest of the Eagles' offense for the rest of the season? Yeah, big, big turnaround from what he did in week 13, I think, um, I guess the switch over to Hertz has made a difference. Although like we were mentioning with, when we were discussing Rager, it's not like the offense as a whole looked all that great. I mean, Hertz was fine. Um, Sanders had like one eighty-two yard run that enabled him to pick up most of his yardage. Um, but he did look pretty good. Outside of that, I mean, you know, Goddard had six targets and caught four of them. So he had an okay game. Not that great. But really, um, I think what you're encouraged by is the fact that Sanders got those five targets, even from Hertz, who ran the ball a lot and who you normally think that uh, rushing quarterbacks don't target running back so much. So it was good to see that Sanders was still getting those targets. I think that's going to be big if Hertz remains the quarterback down the stretch. And I think, I think obviously that what Hertz does with his legs gives them a dimension that Wentz wasn't able to, uh, to give them, especially since, uh, his injuries. Um, so yeah, I think there, we probably should, I think the, the offense could be better as a whole from here on out for sure with Hertz under center, which would help Sanders. So, uh, I guess I'm, what would you call that? Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he had like, he had a quite a few big plays, including the longest run ever of his career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we shouldn't really expect a hundred, I mean, 115 yards. Most of them came on this one eighty-two yard carry. Right. Not great. <laughs> right. But still you want players who can run who can yeah. put up eighty two yard carries. Like Absolutely. Uh, you you know that you realize this when you have to start JD McKissick every week. Yeah, uh yeah, because like there's, there's, there's no chance that JD McKissick's ever putting up a thirty burger. Right. He gets he gets ten targets a game and still can't manage to score more than seventeen fantasy points. Yeah, I know what you mean. But anyway, we're talking just, about Sanders. Yeah, just who pitiful. it looks like he's probably actually good. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, Sanders is someone I mentioned before 
who I had drafted on a lot of best ball teams, even at the, at his cost, which for most of the off season was kind of early second round. Um, assuming, I mean, I don't even know where he'd go. I expect it would be right around there again. Um, what are you doing with him next year? Oh, fade. I'm just not yeah. taking him there. I'd rather take JT, right? Like that, like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think if it's like a toss up between Sanders and some of these rookie guys who we expect to see going that early, just give me the, give me those guys instead, right? Like we've, we've already done this with Sanders. We've seen this happen once with Mixon, uh, well, more than once with Mixon, right? It's just, I would much rather, <laughs> I'd much rather split my exposure across like a handful of guys. I'll take some, some Sanders, but like he's going to be, really like really more so someone who I'm just not going to take there for the most part right like I'm just going to split his positioning with the other skilled positions and also the running backs so I really just mix it up yeah yeah I mean I think it'll be interesting to see I think these next few weeks assuming Hertz is the quarterback for the rest of the season I think they could be really instructive because if he's doing some kind of poor man's Lamar Jackson thing and Sanders can be even like 2019 Mark Ingram, but with some more targets, then maybe that's pretty attractive even in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but yeah, I hear you. There are some, there are some rookies who are looking pretty exciting. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to go running back, running back start, right? Like, wouldn't you rather have JT and Swift or Derrick Henry and? Cam Akers or some combo like that, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, perhaps. I don't know if I would if I would prefer Derrick Henry over Sanders, even in a vacuum. That's tough. I mean, obviously Henry is Henry is a beast when he's running the ball, but mm-hmm. I remain I remain sort of a Henry skeptic, which uh, I'm probably wrong about. Nah, I just think it depends. But like, but like, you really do kind of want that kind of upside. But you know, at, at that point, you know, it just goes back to kind of um, the fact that we were all fans of Derrick Henry, and if we've had a handful of bad experiences, now we just gotta ride this whatever it is with with Henry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's just how it goes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's hard to get excited about Sanders in this offense the way it currently looks. That's for sure. You definitely don't want to be buying these guys in the second round who who could end up uh, just falling flat because they can't, you know, they can't get enough touchdowns. They can't get near the end zone enough. So, yeah, he definitely would come with some risk unless we see a real substantial change with Hertz at quarterback. The wait is right, finally over. For this football is back. Football might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this year. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, 
your online sportsbook experts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.